you ever wonder what it's like being dead? How do you mean? That moment between your ship blowing up and when you have that mysterious sort of out-of-body experience, as if you're some sort of disembodied energy deciding where you're going to come back into the galaxy. Oh, yeah. I think they call that the miracle of rebuy. Well, how does it work? Oh, it's some kind of mystical thing, as I understand it, where your consciousness is instantaneously transported across vast distances, ready for you to be reborn. Reborn into what? Well, into yourself. I mean, when you open your eyes, you're still you, aren't you? Well, I must be. I still get that twinge in my right leg, so it's got to be me. But how? 3D printing or cloning. What? Stands to reason, doesn't it? There's no way they can transport your body that fast. Because <laughs> if they could, they'd be able to do the same for your replacement ship and you'd wake up where the explosion happened instead of where you last docked half a galaxy away. So what must happen is... Oh, let me work this out. Um, your ship explodes? Yes. And you're put into an escape pod but a copy of your mind is beamed across the galaxy to occupy your new body. So what about the old one? How do you mean? Your old body is still there. And for all we know, still has your old mind in there, aware of everything that's happening. You mean? Yep. Those occupied escape pods you pick up, full of pilots, original pilots, who have copies going around the galaxy, unaware that there's an identical them, tearing at the lid of a metal tube floated in the darkness of space. So what do they do with them? I mean, I've gone to the land of rebuy many a time. <laughs> Never have I woken up on a slab with a tag on my big toe saying, Harry Balzac copy 46. Well, they can't afford for that to happen, can they? Suppose not. So... Yep. When you sell those occupied escape pods, you're basically killing a fellow pilot. Did you not wonder why they are always bought by the Soylent Corporation? Ooh, and this process has never gone wrong? Once. Once? Hanky. Oh, this is terrible. Let's hope a band of roving reporters looks into this as soon as possible. I mean, our pilots are dead, but... Our mics are live. Good evening, good evening. It's nice to be back. I am your host, Rudolf Hucker, uh, I think. I'm definitely the one and only Harry Balzac. I wish there was more than one of me, so I could leave one here to deal with you lot while I go and do something which is a lot more fun. There's not a second copy of me, I'm sure. And that tale made me feel a little pale. I'm a one Juan one. If they try any nonsense like that on me, they'll feel the back of my pan. Don't you hand? Ooh. No, now get on with the news. This ship isn't your ship. Its insides are too new. 
the gauntlet has been thrown down. And Zuno, who did it? Frameshift drive not included. Dog's breath is safe. Everest to Everest. The Great Black Hole Bake Off. You're not paying attention, even now, are you? Time for an expedition position submission. In an exclusive to Hutton Orbital News, our team of roving reporters have uncovered evidence of a galactic scandal of gargantuan proportions. Following a return from Beagle Point in recent days, a trucker duly recalled their slightly more useful for doing Huttonish things ship from a nearby shipyard, waited the required half an hour for it to arrive, and then settled down for a quick session of mission running for Progenitor Wolf. Their ship having been in storage for a month or two, was nearly perfect. The paint was the right colour, the backside-shaped dent in their seat was just the right shape for their buttocks, and even the smears on the canopy screen were just as they remembered. However, stopping off at O'Connor in Van Manen's Star for a quick refuel and dodgy space kebab, they stuck one hand down the edge of their seat to retrieve the credits that they knew had fallen out of their spacesuit last time, only to find absolutely nothing. Fearing the worst, they checked the coffee machine and none of the beans were there. The cargo hold didn't have the chopped off ends of cable ties wedged between the deck plates and the salacious posters by Commander Fosdyke were no longer stuck to the back of the bathroom door. Fearing that the storage crews had been a little overzealous in their clearing routine, the commander contacted the authorities, searched the ship's security logs, and even did a swift molecular analysis of the hull, just in case. Their worst fears were confirmed. This was not their ship. Sure, the engineering was perfect. The paint job wear and tear matched the last known state of it, and everything down to the last nut and bolt was exactly as it was left, even the odometer reading but it quite simply wasn't the same ship. Hutton's intrepid investigative team repeated this process with a secretly security-marked sample ship and came to the same conclusion. The ships delivered by Inter Astra are not the same ones you left with them. In fact, they're near-perfect replicas, 3D printed only minutes before delivery. Finding a former employee of Interastra, they asked a few pointy questions whilst offering, if they weren't answered, to personally frog-march the delivery pilot to Cubicle 3 and lock them in. The answers were very forthcoming and startling. Interastra does not have a long-range delivery service for your ships, and searching through the company history, it appears they started as a salvage business specialising in wreckers' yard demolition of unwanted ships. Yes, when you request your shiny ship to be delivered from Colonia for a few billion credits, they quite simply 3D print you a new one to the exact specs of the one you lodged with them so very far away. The long time it takes? Certainly not the correct length of time for a swift 3D print of your pride and joy. 
That's the time it takes them to fly out to your old ship, cut off the identification plates, download the data, and then fly them by fast ASP to your current location, fit to the ship, and present it to you as your original. Your original ship is then melted down for spare parts, sold to the Brewer Corporation, and turned into sections of fleet carrier. When questioned about this practice, Interastra had the following to say. To all intents and purposes, the ASP that you receive is identical in every way to the one you lodged with us. No one is losing out and your ship can't get lost en route to you. We've noted your comment about lost change and will endeavour to put everything back in the future, including your dodgy photographs. As the company responsible for the insurance of spaceships and the delivery of replacements after rapid unscheduled disassembly of the original due to careless piloting, it made sense to use the same technology to do your ship deliveries. Which led us to a very uncomfortable question regarding the rescue of pilots after their unexpected rebuys, and how quickly they wake up again after a percussive interaction of the piratical kind. Oh, our 3D printers are excellent at cellular reproduction too, and you wouldn't believe what we can do with neural scans and a big enough data drive these days. Yes, the ship that you thought was your pride and joy might just be Trigger's broom. And in a terrifying secondary thought, the you that you thought was you might not be you, but them thinking you're you. And the you that was you has gone the way of the prestige and is now fertilising some garden somewhere after reclamation. Just think on that next time you rescue an occupied escape pod and hand it over to the authorities. The original occupant is already living at large somewhere else in the galaxy. And the person you just saved? Well, we can't have multiple versions of someone just kicking around the galaxy now, can we? There is a name that strikes fear into the cold hearts of pirates the galaxy over. That of Commander Alex Zuno, an epithet not entirely unknown to truckers, given his almost continuous presence at the top of the tables for bounties earned week after week. Well, we have had a communication from the commander who has taken a few moments away from his overheating hardpoints to bring us up to date with what he's doing. Or rather, not doing. It appears that even as far back as 3305, the Imperial Navy Intervention and Rescue, for Alex is part of that crowd, were investigating our group as a possible anti-pirating ally. But at that time, our effect wasn't great enough to keep their attention. And apparently they've since drifted into frameshift drive performance tests. And so in normal circumstances, that would have been that. Unwilling to leave unturned any possible metaphorical stone in the attempt to rid the galaxy of the piratical scourge, Alex Zuno attempted to increase the practical side of the anti-pirate sentiment amongst the truckers. Boo, Ooh. here, stinky Kimura Pirates. Ooh, Kimura Pirates. Ooh. Ooh. The smell. Yes. Finest, finest acting. Well done. Tough. By setting an example of how the job of removing pirates should be done. Which he did. Well. Very well. Very, very well. Apparently, this bravura display of piling his war chariot high with the bodies of his enemies 
thus forcing Antares Fusion to add two extra columns to the database table holding the amounts of bounties was all for our benefit. All pour encourager les autres, as you might say. And it worked. Sort of. Uh, the total that pilots were chasing seemed impossibly high. Uh, unless Alex was using a famous slingshot manoeuvre to go back in time and spend more than 24 hours a day in his killing machine. So high that commanders felt obliged to try a new approach. Pilots became retentive. Financially retentive, that is. Pilots started to hang on to their bounties for up to a month in the vain hope of using that total to topple Alex. But alas, it was not to be. Alex's totals were read out week after week to the disillusionment of those who could only gasp in amazement and bask in his glory. That was not what Alex had hoped for, and he's concerned that pilots may be putting their bounties at risk by not claiming as soon as they're able. And as Alex says, especially when the Dark Abyss already reaps a fortune in exploration data due to carelessness and recreational intoxication. So, what's to be done about it? Alex proposes that in the short term, he will not claim any bounties for a while, starting with this cycle and not for at least a few weeks afterwards, which does give others a chance to shine. This is your opportunity to show Alex and us what you're made of. Get out there and talk sternly to those pirates with extreme prejudice. And Alex is teasing us with the possibility of sharing his preferred loadouts and methods for dealing with pirates. So keep your eyes open for a real masterclass in Marauder Massacring. It's a hard life being a new pilot. People are always willing to take advantage of the new, uninitiated and inexperienced. If it's not someone in a fleet carrier enticing newbies with promises of sweets, sweet mining and sweet credits, it's the highly amusing enticement to fly out to Hutton for a free anaconda. As an original joke like that always makes everyone laugh. This time, however, the culprit appears to be the Pilots Federation with their online shop. One hapless pilot, more used to the astral citizen way of doing business, thought he'd struck up a particularly good bargain when he believed that he'd managed to use ARCs to buy a ship, albeit in kit form. After all, what else could ship kit mean? The cry could be heard all over the station. Where's my ship? As the station's shipyard displayed a complete absence of store chips. Not an asp, not a vulture, not an eagle, not even a keelback, not a sausage. Of course, if you're expecting food items in the shipyard, then you've got even bigger problems than this, unnamed for their own protection, Commander. Bewildered, perplexed, and with cheeks of an ever more crimson aspect, the Greenhorn, yes, they do exist, they weren't just made up by pirates, started to stare into the faces of the crowd around him, who variously looked at their own fingernails, shuffled around, and tried unsuccessfully to stifle a grin behind their palm. A few helpful souls mentioned Hutton. I told you that the free anaconda thing makes people laugh, but since the majority of pilots are all-round good eggs, after speaking to him, it gradually dawned on the commander that a ship kit was a kit for a ship, not a kit containing a ship. 
Now you can use Arx to buy many things. You can buy colours for your engines, colours for your weapons, colours for your ships outside, strings of lights, decals for your ships. Though not, of course, the Hutton decal. That has to be earned. You can buy decorations for your fascia, decorations for your face, nodding trees, men with knees, voices, layout choices and bits to glue on the outside of your ship if you need somewhere to hang your towel when you're planet side. But what you absolutely positively cannot buy with arcs is a ship. We are happy to report that Commander Dog's Breath, after three months of adventuring around the ice worlds, odd jobbing as a fuel rat and a space delivery driver, and of course his ship MPV Everest managing to catch fire, has finally returned home. Well, by home we mean he was escorted to the nearest starport as, with his engine bay 50% destroyed, along with all the life pods, he was rather at risk of becoming a small footnote in the inside pages of the news. His passengers, all 108 of them, are said to be safe and well, though they're a little unimpressed that after a year in the ice world, surviving through nothing more, surviving through nothing more than their own wits, and by feasting on the blubber of ice shelf seals left behind by hungry space bears, and of course space penguins, well, when their hands were too cold to get their wrappers off, having their transport fleet carrier catch fire somewhere 200 light years outside of the bubble, wasn't their idea of a peaceful return to civilization. As the carrier MPV Everest or Everest was borrowed for the occasion, the leasing firm have opened an investigation in as to how the witch space drive malfunctioned, whether it actually was a Thargoid attack, and of course whether they should have declared it seaworthy in the first place. Oh, and they've admitted that they forgot to install the long-range communication equipment, meaning that phone calls home to loved ones were few and far between. The, replace, the replacement expedition ship, the RSV Noyina, was expected to be used this year by the expedition team, but after a screw-up with the screws, something we understand to do with the engine, engines again, it spent an, an extended period in dry dock. However, the next expedition, expedition will be using the new vessel, vessel and transporting teams in comfort, with high-speed galnet connections and, of course, hopefully, without incident. Welcome home, Dog's Breath, or at least, welcome back to civilization. And we trust that they've booked you a beluga to get you back to Hutton Space. And also, congratulations on an epic voyage and for working so hard to keep the expeditioners safe. If you are the kind of pilot who believes in such things, and many do, you'll be absolutely clear in your own mind that the universe, the galaxy, our solar system, everything right down to your indigestion right now are the results of a plan by some higher power, someone with control of the entire galaxy, who can, with a whim, change a whole planet or cause a new star to appear or, for that matter, entire new settlements overnight on planets with tenuous atmospheres. For those searching for the truth behind these claims, they put their finger on one incontrovertible piece of proof. If there's a master maker, then there must be a master baker. Test pilots in the simulators have been working hard ensuring that the forthcoming tenuous landscape landings are as accurate as possible have, using their pocket Dysonator, 
been sent to discover new life, bacterial civilizations, and boldly sample like no pilot has ever sampled before. Their findings? That an awful lot of the life out there looks like food. Space crumpets on sticks, missing only a good dollop of butter and a bit of toasting with the art cutter. Entire trees festooned with doughnuts, just waiting for some sticky icing and some sprinkles. And then there are space baguettes, singly or in bundles. Pilots who cracked open their helmet just a tiny bit to take a whiff state that they do indeed smell freshly baked, especially in the light of a nearby star, and they smell delicious. So there you have it, someone has designed the entire galaxy, and as far as we can tell, they're a boulanger. That funny feeling I'm getting, no, not that Schrodinger's cat feeling, but that feeling that you're all a bit mm, distracted isn't going away. Fortunately, we've had a pretty clear systems board for most of the week with few problems. Some of you even found time to have some fun during the week, clearing the pirates out of Haghole and LP-532-81, and they have not reappeared in any of our systems. However, the outbreak in Epsilon Indy was eventually relieved, but it lasted for a whole eight days, folks, over a week. We really need to prepare for these in the pending state and deal with them in a couple of days at most. Fleet carrier commanders can fill up their carriers with whatever commodity is required and park it in orbit, put out the call for assistance and let truckers do their trucking thing. The only system currently within an adverse state is Narenses, which has an infrastructure failure, so can the system custodian of Narnia make themselves known, get their arse into gear and sort it out before Alvin notices? Oh, hang on, it's me. Hot Chicks is in orbit, full of power generators, so fill your boots. Despite the distractions, three systems are marginally below 40% this week. The usual suspect, Barnard Star, is languishing on 31, and in a rare moment where the other factions aren't squabbling, truckers should get in there and raise the influence up into the 40s at least. Wolf 359 is still recovering after the period of civil unrest, and Wolf 1481 is, well, in the doldrums. At the top end of the Hutton system, Lee, Eight systems are above the 60s, and grossly achieving this week is LHS 340. Could we not resolve the last two expansions before we trigger another one, perhaps? The expansion triggered from LP 532-81 last week took Hutton into the Caddy system. An unremarkable system. We did. We dithered over whether we should stay. Then we decided we were, and kicked off by losing the war 2-0 by half-time. After a chomp on an orange and a pep talk in the dressing room about the potential gags about tea, we concluded that we didn't want Caddy after all and promptly pulled back a point. The conflict currently stands at 2-1 and Hutton are losing. Meanwhile, in Colonia, commander of the Clone Army, Grand Emir Hanke, requests that Colonia-based truckers work, for, work in tier for hot coal where we are in an election with Shaq. We still need to leave Hotel Carson and Ari, where complaints have been received about commanders picking flowers from the hotel garden and trying to sample the plastic ones in reception. 
what is it with you lot and this sudden interest in botany? Oh yeah, that, yeah. Priorities this week. If you want to truck something, boost hot and influence in Barnard Star, or bring power generators and water purifiers to Yang Orbital in Narenses. If you want to shoot something, help out with the war in Caddy and fight for Hutton against high-ho silver-lining universal commodities. We still need to exit Carson and Ari, so help any of the factions there except Hutton. Or bugger it all and pick flowers with your friends in the Odyssey Alpha. Here are the updates from our friends around the galaxy. Events created and led by the community. Commander Eros Maidlung is moving once more around the galaxy in his democratically directed fleet carrier, FTM Isfahan, and the latest news from him says, Last week we got the carrier moved successfully and a day later a message came in from Montgomery Python who wanted to clear out some slightly cheaper than market price. No questions asked, Tritium. Operations gave me a thumbs up and we moved the carrier once again to cut down some of the 16,000 light year trip Montgomery was going to take to bake. The Isfahan is now well stocked with tritium and can continue to explore while being ready to make a fast sprint back to the bubble once walking licenses are issued. The pilots exploring in comparative comfort led by Commander Mephisto have had a quiet week. His report says, In its six weeks the Comfy Cannon crews had aurarium, gyotrees and pods as the last few features of the most southern reaches of the Milky Way. The rest of the week was filled with jumping and refilling with tritium, where systems are so far apart that only with FSD injections passengers could venture around. Boredom led to shenanigans like Commander David HMB writing Konsu on a planet's surface with an SRV, as well as a cooperative canyon run with Stocksiders and a Type 7 as the escort. After two days of jumping the fleet carrier, now waits again until tritium reserves have been refilled before it resumes its way towards the east. Keep up with their progress at bit.ly slash ed3c. The pilots of the 5 Euro tours by Commander Hunter were exploring the hard way. No glamping on a fleet carrier. Oh no, it was a one-man tent, or rather ship, and a walk to the toilet block through a muddy field in the dark for them. Commander Hunter tells us, after six weeks, the fleet is finally getting home from a long trip to the centre of the galaxy, with more than 1.5 million year, light years jumped and 60 waypoints visited, 77 commanders are finally getting some well-deserved rest in populated space. This has been a great expedition and I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did back in the day. I'd like to give special thanks to Commander Palantir and the Hutton Orbital Truckers for keeping up to date with the expedition, to Commander The Mind Within for being my right-hand man and supporting me in setting this up, to the New Pilots Initiative for giving us the opportunity to, and last but certainly not least, all of you for joining in. Without all of you, this expedition wouldn't be such a success. I hope to see you all on the next expedition. Fly safe, 07, 
Commander Hunter. Information on this expedition can be found at bit.ly slash 5 euro tours. It's very nearly time for the conductor to ring the bell, punch your ticket and for the wheels to go round and round as Baz's big bubble banter bus anniversary tour leaves the depot on Saturday. And if you want to go upstairs, sit up front and pretend to be the driver, you'd better stop whatever thing it was you were doing with your legs and get back into your ship in a hurry. Commander Veleran has sent us the itinerary for the tour, which starts at 1900 UTC, 2000 BST, on this Saturday, 26th of April, and he says... The fleet carrier FTM Blazing Saddle is already in Hill Pass High, very close to Curie Gateway. This will be the start point for each of the seven trips and the carrier will jump to each of the destinations as we go. Shipyard and outfitting are both unlocked so commanders can transfer whatever ships and modules they would like to bring with them. Our first destination on Monday 26th will be where we left off from the original tour. We will be visiting Site 94, an abandoned mining settlement where we had a rather interesting encounter with a good old thag. A cyclops came from underground, probably an instancing glitch, and EMP'd us as we were lifting off. There must have been half a dozen of us whose ships went dark, then fell to the ground as if our strings had been cut, bouncing off each other. The other destinations are as follows. Tuesday, Paraco, five stations around the sta- star that can all be flown to without supercruise. Wednesday, Mitterrand Hollow, speed landing and SRV shenanigans. Thursday, Jackson's Lighthouse, supercharge FSD training for those that have not done it before. This could change if everyone who turns up on that day has experience already. Friday, out to see the Dredger Megaship. Saturday, Guardian Beacon and Ground Site. Sunday, finish the tour off with Canyon Racing in Pumash. Sounds like a load of fun. It certainly was the first time last year. Details are on our Facebook events page. We say it's all for the Grand Bass. And make sure that you get the racing done on Pumash while you still can. Those canyons won't be there forever. And that's a roundup of just some of the community-led events that we are going that are going on out there. These are just those that we know about. So if we've missed any, let us know. And we're back. And I'm back. And, well, the show's back. Hello and good evening, everybody. And thank you very much to the news team, as usual. Uh, introducing your, your crew for this evening. We're, we're a person down this evening. I mean, we're more than one person down, but it, it's a shocking occurrence. Man overboard. Well, or, in, 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 our, in our case, hawk overboard. <laughs> a wooga, a wooga. Yes, we are doing the Wooga Walls. Yeah, um, Amelia has had, for the very first time since she joined us on the show, had to make her apologies this evening because she's off stargazing. Did she bring a signal? 
No, well, apparently the skies are the clearest they have been in in a millennium, and yeah. um, there, there are some there are some uh, meteors flying across the sky. Lyrian face. Yeah, and um, she's no, gone no, with a meteors. Lyrian. Meteors. Yeah, yeah. meteors. Not lyrids. Meteors. Not, me- not meat eaters. Oh. Meat eaters. Vegans. There are meat some balls. vegans. Meatballs. Yeah, meatballs. Meatballs from space, yeah. um, flying across the sky, and uh, so Amelia has gone out with a with a great big telescope and um, has gone to be uh, is going to spend the evening stargazing. However, she has sent us in uh, her report on where she's been this week for the um, Galnet Rares Digest later in the show. And oh my goodness gracious me, is it is it a special one? <laughs> Having just listened to it, oh dear, I hope you're ready for this and, and do stay till that part of the show. It is towards the end of the show, but do stay for that because it's it's. It's quite special. Yes. Um, anyway, for the rest of the studio team, we have the ever-present um, Commander Palantir. Good evening, Squire. Good evening, good evening. And personal thanks from me for sort of standing in over the last bit while I have been otherwise occupied. Oh, were you, were you somewhere else? Oh. Oh, oh, oh. Were, we spe- oh. were we supposed to notice? It's too, <laughs> Brute. Is this yours? Who's Who's that? <laughs> <laughs> Right, now I'm going to make you make an apology. Um, yeah, but anyway, but no, just, uh, thank you very much for, uh, for for keeping my seat warm. I don't know how you kept it warm. It's a little damp as well, but um, uh, I'm hoping that's just from the cleaning fluid that you used afterwards. But uh, yes, thank you very much. Yes, of course. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Cleaning uh, fluid. I, I, I hope I didn't sit there at one point, did I? <laughs> Well, well, we played this. that scary movie. <laughs> I think possibly <laughs> yeah. floor mopping guy gave it the once over with his mop. That's why if it smells faintly a disinfectant. It was him. Otherwise, it, it was Sean. Yeah, I <laughs> yes. smell faintly of disinfectant. Not sm- it smells of wild wool and Dettol. Yes, yep. it's not faint, Sean. <laughs> no, not for the faint-hearted, anyway. Not for the faint, no. Uh, <laughs> I'll beat you on that one. Um, ninja. Anyway, so, yeah, well, thank you very much for, for, for covering for me. I, I, I have been otherwise engaged, um, actually sort of gainfully employed doing worky things till one o'clock in the morning for about 15 days. So um, I'm a bit zombie, but it all worked. Phew. Yay. And I can, I've been able to relax for the day, which has been wonderful. Um, and then sitting next to you, we have Commander Chicks, looking resplendent as usual. Evening, Governor. Is, is that fresh wax you have on your moustache there, sir? Uh, it is, it is. Yeah, you're, you're looking dapper as well, usual. We're, we're getting into the summer months, so one must apply a stiffer wax in the uh, summer months, the winter ones, which are nice and soft. Oh, you wouldn't want your end to go droopy, no, would you? It'll no, it down your face and... <laughs> but um and now I, I did notice you have sort of regaled us with more tales from from hutton systems over the last couple of weeks mm. while i've been away um I'll do you del- have any this week or are we to, or are yes, we, um, um, we i'm going to dive into hag hole um, oh my goodness gracious me I hope, I hope you've taken your medication i have i have I've inoculations yes and talking of, of jabs um <laughs> the, the, the lady who who does does Feel fairly handy with it. It's, it's either the right hook or the backhander or something with the pan. It's Flossie. Hello. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Flossie. Now, I, I understand. I mean, you've you've been testing out the simulator a bit as well, haven't you, over the last uh, couple of weeks? I have, yes. And have you hmm. found anything cool? Um, I found some interesting plants once I got used to the. Uh, mm-hmm. Did they look thing. like crumpets and donuts and baguettes? Uh, I, I found some donut trees, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, they, they look I delicious. Yet. <laughs> oh, you haven't, had, you haven't had space crumpets yet. No, well, the, the, no. The, 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 the baguettes, I'm reliably told, do, do smell glorious. And the, the, the little sort of coconuts on the floor as well. The whole planet's covered in little coconuts yeah. that, 
but there aren't any coconut trees. So, you know, maybe there's space coconuts and they just landed there. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. And uh, so have you been sort of battling with your with your um, genetic sampler? And uh, oh. But I understand <laughs> that's all fixed now. I've spent hours and hours and hours doing this. What, click, and click, when it, click, when it, when it works, it just seems to work. But I spend more time trying than actually succeeding. It's <laughs> Do you know, I, 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 I was going to say I resemble that remark. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, it, I mean, it, it sounds like it's been good fun and everybody's been having good good fun. Have you done some shooting yet? I mean, obviously, because it's a no consequences, you're not going to break your rule about being I, harmless. I did go on one of these um, trips out in the, uh, the dropship and... Did a bit of shooting, but I, I mean, you, you guys, I was, on my, I was on my own. I wasn't. You guys anybody. had it right last week about the fun fair ride. I mean, sort of dangling over that open chasm, but you know, you you got your, your shoulder strap on there, and you're looking down. It all goes red, and the floor opens, and it's sort of woo. It's a long way down from here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, I once I once made the mistake of moving my mouse, so I looked down and then felt vertigo. So I, I didn't do it anymore. <laughs> No, the only time I felt a bit trapped was when I fell down a hole. Was, you fell down a hole? I fell down a hole, yeah. I was on a planet, it was pitch black, and I was trying to work my way across, sort of jumping across, and I fell into a hole. I that reminds me of that, that scene could, from The Vicar of Dibley, doesn't it? I couldn't get out. <laughs> <laughs> I was jumping, jumping, I couldn't jump high enough. Um, oh, you have to fire one of your one of your your rockets in the air, or, or like a you know a beam into the air, just as a a, a distress signal. <laughs> yeah, well, the calls for help went unheard. So, in the end, I I tried relogging a couple of times, and the second time, I managed to get out. But I thought I was going to oh. die in that hole. Oh, no. <laughs> Do you know, I flashbacks to to various battles we've had over the over the years on planet surfaces. But um, well, I'm, I'm glad you've been having fun. And then just just to prove that I haven't forgotten they exist at all, it's the apology officer. Hello. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> just ready to call you all sorts of unpleasant names, but I'll save that now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought about it. I thought about moving on without mentioning oh, you, but that, I, yeah. I've been away for a couple of weeks and I've missed everybody. So uh... never mind. You'll get us next time, mate. We yeah. could have missed him, and then he would have to apologise for you missing him, which would be funny. <laughs> maybe, maybe apologies from Let's try apologies it. Let's try it. from the apology officer about the apology officer's behaviour. No, never. No, that never. ain't never going to happen. It's never so, my. You have to understand that the person who writes the report, the report is never to blame. So whenever you write the report or write the apology, you're never to blame. You always is that the why blame. Hanky sends us all the Colonia reports just so we can't blame the Hanky? Very possibly, mm. yeah. Mm. Very possibly. But what you will find is um, you'll find that um, if you look back through all my old apology reports, mainly it was Commander Rampage that got the blame for things. Well, talking of. Reasonable. Yeah, to, 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 talking of that, how are Team Hotbox at the moment? Um, I haven't spoken much to Team Hotbox this uh, this last few weeks, so I've been off on my own doing doing exciting uh, materials gathering. You know, so I do understand that you're surrounded by splitters. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, anybody that goes anybody that goes from Xbox to PC is a splitter. That's just how it works, you know. And you just shout yeah, well. splitter every time they mention. So, you know. 
Ouch. And, um, because I know that they had a CQC Saturday, I think. Was it last weekend or have it I missed was, a week? It was. It was. not. it was last weekend. Um, I don't know. I think it was quite a quiet one, actually. But, you know, CQC comes and goes and people are busy and then they're not busy. So we just keep it going every month and the hope that, you know, people will turn up when they can, you know, but... Yeah, it was a quiet one this time round. I think, I think generally speaking, I mean, there, there are a bunch of people sort of testing and playing in the simulator with the, the planetary landing thing. <laughs> and then, as as chicks will tell you, um, that everybody else has put their feet up and is completely ignoring all things Hutton at the moment, just because yeah. uh, it's a bit of a sabbatical. We're having a bit of a, a holiday for a bit. I think um, people just have other things on the go. Just now, there's a lot of we, with the the world waking up again. I think there's a lot of people with some real life stuff to do and things like that. So. Or going to lick each other in the pub or something. Running out to lick each other in the streets, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah. New, new pastime, which is difficult to do through a mask. Yeah, I, I, I can see that. Yeah, it just sort of yeah. gets damp on the front and then there's probably... Unless you've bought one of those special ones with a hole in it so you can breathe easier. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, I have seen pictures Death of people spouts. doing that. And yeah. I do despair of the human race sometimes, just, yeah, just occasionally. Yeah. There's, yeah. there's some specialness going on there. <laughs> <laughs> definitely there are a lot of special people out there but Always. everybody's been staying safe and that that's that's uh, absolutely wonderful so we heard about um commander dog's breath uh, during the news earlier mm-hmm. yeah um so commander dog's breath is back safely they managed to um get back to Fremantle in western australia which was the nearest port having had that minor emergency out at sea which was a bit worrying. Um, they sort of limped it back on on one engine. In fact, they had to shut that engine down for a while while they did some maintenance on it. But they were God. escorted back by another vessel. They did get back safely, and the 109 expeditioners and crew managed to get ashore. Uh, probably kissed the ground <laughs> as soon as they got to it. Um, but yes, the, the the ship that they borrowed, the the Everest, was only for this journey because the yeah. um, the new one wasn't ready yet. It was a rental. The, it was it was a rental, yes. <laughs> you know what uh, happens I, when people get a rental? They just uh, use it. Yeah, they 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 float it like they nicked it or something. Yeah. Yes, and, and there, yeah. were, there was some Italian bloke at the beginning who said, yeah, "This is a nice ship. It would be a pity if something uh, happened to it." <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> they they didn't cross the right palms with silver or whatever um, before they left. But anyway, the new night is it new new near new night? Hang on a second, I've got the pronunciation. Noyena, isn't it? No, Noyena, that's the one. Um, the RSV Noyena is now seaworthy and it has actually been launched and is on trials at the moment. Yeah. Um, we getting... find out what Noyena means as well. Oh, now I, I was, I did, I did know this one. I'm assuming it's going to be a name in one of the Aboriginal languages or something like that. Um, could could be. I was just here. We go. I'm, I'm looking it up now. So no, 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 no. Name. Where's the name? Naming. On the 29th of September 2017, the Noyena was announced was announced by the Minister for the Environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the name is the word in the Palawakani language of Tasmanian Aborigines. Oh, for the southern, I see. I was right. For the Southern Lights. There you go. Oh, right. Okay. So it's still the, Austra- the Aurora Australis. <laughs> yes, I suppose so. <laughs> yes, it is. But it's in it's in a, a nice it's a nicer word. It's a lovely word. Well, interestingly, yeah, the the ship in eighteen seventy six that was exploring the continent, Shackleton's explorations, was yeah. the Aurora. Mm-hmm. The 1989-2020 ship they were using was the Aurora Australis. Yes. So, yeah, it, it, it carries it's, on a tradition. It carries on a tradition of the name. They've just changed the language, but the lots of it is. It's a nice word. Shackleton wasn't on the Aurora, though. He was on the Endurance. It was his ship. It was. Oh, yes, yeah. They were lane depots. Anyway. 
he'd loaned it out to somebody. Well, interestingly, Shackles, the Aurora... Forgotten Men. He had yeah, a driver. Aurora was used by Douglas Mawson, and obviously mm. Mawson Base that they refueled recently is named after Douglas Mawson. Yep. So there's a whole continuity thing going on here. Mm, that's but excellent. Suffice to say that he's back, and he's got lots and lots of tales to tell. We're hoping he's going to come and join us on the show sometime once he's, he's had, had, had a shower and um, reconnected with real life a little bit. Yes. I don't know whether they have to... I mean, obviously, they've been somewhere safe, but they've been escorted back, so I don't know about the quarantine rules. I think Australia's fairly strict. Oh, yeah. It's, um, it's strict. But obviously, they were supposed to land in Hobart in Tasmania, but they've landed in Western Australia, which... Australia's a really big place. That's actually an awfully long way away from where they're supposed to be. Oh, it's, yeah, yeah. If you've ever 3, watched... miles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's the other side of the continent... Yes. So they are making their way back home to their sort of their, their home spaces. And um, I'm sure we're going to hear from Commander Dogsbreath. We do understand that the Fuel Rats mugs and the um, Canon Interstellar flasks have survived and have been signed this time by the Science and Fuel Rat teams on board. So not the not to the captain and crew, but actually the Fuel Rats have signed it. Okay. And a number of them will be making their way back to the UK to be auctioned off for charity. Same as they were last time. Uh, specially packaged this time, so they, they stay in one piece. How, yeah. how many pieces are we expected? Pieces of eight, I'd imagine, if yes. the pirates get Hopefully older. one per mug. <laughs> yeah. Well, luckily, uh, we understand that the Canon Interstellar flasks are actually indestructible. They, I mean, they're used for holding Thargoid goop, so, you know. You've gone and given yeah, Royal Mail a challenge yeah, now, haven't you? <laughs> smashing, <laughs> smashing. Yes. Hermes. Hermes. Yeah. Um, uh, and oh, I mustn't forget, I did forget somebody this time. I managed to forget Norman, who's on the decks this this, this week oh, as well. So before yes. I go to the next beat, we have to say thank you very much to Commander Ventura as well for yes. for being our superb tech this evening. Uh, uh, thanks. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> yep. he, he's, got, he, he's got a crackly mic and a tumble dryer and Thargoids on the brain and stuff. And but, possibly um, a dog staring at him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wanting biscuits or out. Yeah, he is there. He is there. Um, well, talking of deliveries in the roll, I have I have a, a, another thank you to give out as well. I'm going to give a very big thank you to the guys over at Noble Chairs and um, the, at Overclockers as well, because I developed a manufacturing defect on mine, a very rare manufacturing defect on mine, where a weld failed. No, and no, it, it wasn't my fat bum. <laughs> um, and I got in touch with the is guys. That's a fat part of you. Yeah, <laughs> your fat <laughs> elbows. Um, anyway, I, I got in. I got in touch with the guys over there because obviously we we know one of them from when they they helped uh, provide some chairs for us to borrow oh, during yeah. the ECM events. I got in touch with them and said, "Look, dude, I don't suppose you carry any spares, do you? You know, in, in your in your spares out the back." Um, and I'm quite happy to buy it, but could you could I buy a spare off you for the chair? I don't want to buy a whole new chair. And uh, next thing I know, a whole new chair turns up at my front door, and they said, "Yeah, no, that's a defect. Have a chair." Oh, I was going to say oh, nice. that. The amazing part of that is not that they sent you a new chair, but it turned up at your front door. No, it yeah. turned up properly. <laughs> they didn't throw it into my shed or over the fence. Too, or... It was too heavy for the Hermes man to throw in the hedge. <laughs> yeah. Well, but all I have to say is, you know, customer service, you never know how good these companies are until something happens where you need their help. And I, I was staggered. I was expecting them to say, no, we don't carry spares, or... Um, it was going to cost money, which is what I was expecting. But uh, they've, you know, their customer service. I'm always one to to sort of shout about when people get things right is when they get things wrong. And I'm I'm very impressed. They took a photograph, went, oh yeah, that's a problem. Here, have a chair. And I'm I'm um, very grateful to them for sorting it out so damn quickly as well because it's really uncomfortable. 
with with a lump of metal sticking in my bum. Oh yeah. So so it's always like worth it. sort of shouting about when people get things right. So it's, it's a thank you from us. Obviously they they are they are friends of ours from having sponsored events and things whatever else. But they didn't know it was me when I did that. I didn't I didn't do that one. I just said here's here's a chair I got and please. And they they were lovely. So yeah, thank you very much to the guys over at uh, Overclockers and Noble Chairs for sorting that out for me. Mm. Other than that, what else has been going on? Oh, uh, what, oh man, things. Go on then, you take the next one. Right. Um, oh, can I just pick a random one? Mm. Yeah, go on, <laughs> that's that's oh, no. that's speak for saying. Well, I don't want to do the first one. No, on the list. I'll, I'll <laughs> do. I'll do the first one. I just it's not one I knew much about. So it's the Great Guide Dogs Virtual Tea Party, National Tea Party. They want everybody to turn up with hunting mugs, all that kind of thing. There's one slight issue with it. It was yesterday. <laughs> it was yesterday. Yeah. It was yesterday. Um, so, you know, <laughs> we're getting in early for next year's uh, Virtual Guide Dogs Tea Party. Um, but, yeah. Yeah, but it was, it, <laughs> there, there was a Hutton Commander in floppy ears and with a mug and all sorts oh, and, a, and a floppy dog on their shoulder. One, one of our regular uh, fundraisers as well. Was it mm-hmm. the Dayglow Viking? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, probably, it sounds like Dayglow Viking. Yeah. What, we, what we'd like to see is, if you want to tell us about an event, let us know in plenty of time. Let us know yeah, as early like, as you can because we only do this on a Thursday and it helps if we know ahead of time. You know? Yes, it is new to and, Yeah. <laughs> even if it even if you only find it through the week, we still get it up on the Facebook page and that. But if you want it on the news, let us know in plenty of time and we'll get it we'll get it mentioned for you. Well, here's one for you. I notice about upcoming things. There's a Frontier live stream on Thursday at seven o'clock. No there way. Was. There was. No way. There, oh, was there was. It, was it yesterday? There was. Oh, it was earlier. It was earlier. Yeah. Well, um, I was. Uh, I was waiting outside the uh, studio, tapping quietly on the door to be let in, and I was watching uh, Arf shooting things. Um, and his okay. team were losing, so I don't know what was said. He, he's quite a bellicose chap, is that that Arf? Yeah, isn't he? I mean, he, he does like shooting things. it out. If yeah. I knew what bellicose was, I might even agree with you. <laughs> Warlike. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he's, he's handy in the old first-person shooter, isn't mm. he? Handy he, guy yeah, he's pretty handy, yeah. Yeah. Um, but what was said other than shooting people, I do not know. Yeah. Oh well, there were there Time were a few things a few things said. So there was a bit of a timetable talked about on on various social media bits. Um, and I, uh, Flossie, uh, you've got a couple of the dates. What's the next important date coming up that they publicised? Did you, did you catch that one? Um, the next date is the the first four of the. Um, Alpha, which is on the 28th of April. Is that Tuesday, Wednesday next week? Uh, it's Wednesday next week. Yep. Yep. And, okay, we're going to um, say something in advance, because there was an important notice put out. A warning that the snapshot is being taken Oh yes. for this. Yes. And when's it being taken? Tomorrow morning at uh, 8 o'clock. I yep. think that's now, the time. Seven. You're not going to get everything, are you? No, nope, you're going to get the ship that you're in when that snapshot is taken. So if you've left yourself parked in a sidewinder and you've, you've left your <laughs> highly engineered anaconda somewhere else, you won't have a highly engineered anaconda. You won't have your fleet carriers because that's not what they're testing at the moment. So they're going to give you your ship that you're in and all your money yeah. and drop it into the testing bubble, I believe. Yeah, yeah mm. that's right. Um... So that you can you can test out you know whether whether things copy across and everything's working. Um, mm-hmm. But you can buy a fleet carrier if you, can uh, buy, yeah. if you have the cash. Yeah. Yeah. If if you've got five billion spare in the bank or whatever it is, um, 
then yeah. yes, you'll be able to buy them. The reason they haven't copied your fleet carriers over is because it's a limited, tiny, small bubble. If they suddenly drop, you know, 10,000 fleet carriers on a 50 light year bubble, um, nothing would work. It'd all grow into a halt. And because uh, there'd be fleet carriers as far as the eye could see. So um, they're, they're not letting you. Yeah, every single system. Well, how many is it? 50 light year bubble is what? 100 systems maybe in that? Oh. Oh no, fifty light years. It's going to be about fifteen hundred systems. Quite a few, yeah. No, I can't remember how many are in this little corner that they've given us. But yeah. e even even so, that's quite a few fleet carriers when, per system. Didn't Draxler do? Didn't she do something like fifty light years all round Hutton? Their mugs not worked at about fifteen thousand or something. Oh, I can't remember. There wasn't. It wasn't fifteen thousand because that that's uh, that's uh, a quarter of all of them. <laughs> yeah, well, it wouldn't be that. And but it was no. fifty light years of Hutton, and there was a lot. Fifteen hundred, yep. would it? Yeah, it was. It possibly. was fifty light years of fifty light years of Seoul. Yeah, that was it. And it was yep. fifteen hundred stations. Yeah, fifteen hundred. Yeah. I was only I was only out by a factor of ten ah, <laughs> stations, not systems. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so um, yeah, it still would be an awful lot of fleet carriers. So nobody get really upset. Oh my goodness, where's my fully engineered X Y Z? Because if you're not flying it right now tomorrow morning then you're not going to be in it when you arrive in our phase four of alpha consider yourselves warned oh, being my anybody, phantom. yeah anybody moaning about it we said well you didn't listen to the show did you mm. um and then they'll say no i was busy but so there's that and then the next date commander chicks are you familiar with the next date after that one the one in may the one in may yes that the one. one in may yes the Odyssey will launch on Steam, Epic Games Store, and the Frontier Store on May 19th. Now, I don't know what day of the week that is. I'd have to look. But it's coming, folks. I'm just looking now. It's a Wednesday, too. So. We, we haven't got a concrete answer for how long Phase 4 is going to be. We're, we're pretty sure that Phase 4 won't be right up to closing date, because they're probably going to have to switch things off and on again and all sorts. So we don't know when Phase 4 is going to end. Um... But, yeah, by May the 19th, it will all be over and done with. And what we're getting is what we're getting. So you've got between now and then to report any bugs in detail to help make sure everything's awesome. Mm. A bit of a favour to ask, obviously, as a lot of Hutton pilots are working together on these things, if one Hutton pilot reports a bug and the other people have seen it as well, could you please go in and confirm that bug so that it, it gets priority? Otherwise, it just languishes amongst the 4,000 or so, oh, I don't like this very much, you know, reports that are in there, and, and they can't really pick it? out the good ones. So if you have seen a bug that affects a fellow Hutton commander, or when you, um, then please do share the bugs that you've reported, and if other people see them, we can get them confirmed nicely so that the uh, QA team can get on quick cool. double quick time other than that oh oh we've shown a bit of ingenuity as a race the human race have been ingenious mm. this week dum dum dum, dum. dum have. commander chicks this is this is your sort of thing isn't it you're 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 a, you're a watcher of such things aren't you uh yes i didn't pay this one too much attention but uh i am aware of it um, the Mars thing. So, do tell. Up on Mars. So, Perseverance, that was put up there. It was you in the show, wasn't it? About six six or eight weeks ago. I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Perseverance was carrying a chopper. Um, there's, there's, Ooh, uh, there's yeah. endless Schwarzenegger gags. Get your ass to Mars. Get to the chopper. Um, so, it, it sort of cacked out this little chopper onto the ground and then moved away and they've been testing it 
and it's called Ingenuity. Um, and it is a small helicopter, so it's got two counter-rotating carbon fibre blades. I saw a video of a, of a guy, one of the technicians in the laboratory where it was built, and the thing's about, the blades are about three and a half foot across. So it's a fair old beast of a thing. And it manages to get itself airborne in Mars's very thin atmosphere. About, well, it's, it's about yeah, 1% of 1%. the thickness of it. Yeah. 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 So it's got to do an awful lot of work. So they had to make it super light. And these blades spin super fast, sort of 2,400 RPM. Do you think if a chopper was doing it? You, was gonna... you wouldn't want to get your fingers in the way of that one, would you? Exactly. It's like, it like that's the ultimate flymo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's grass on Mars. I did um, see the the video of it, and it kind of it was on the surface, and then it flew up in the air. It flew up to a height of three meters, mm. and it hovered at three meters for a while, and then it landed a, again. And, and that was those, just the the kind of test. Um, I think they've got some some places they want to fly it now, haven't they? Yeah, those, so they're going to go up five. Those people listening, Imperial, how far is three meters? Oh, it's about ten feet. Ten feet. Ten feet. Yeah. I should say and they're, they're, going, they're going up to five metres, then horizontally two metres, and they're using mm. the camera on board to take some pictures from it next. Yeah. Yep. But, but, but there's something even more exciting they did today. Ooh. Did you spot that one, or shall I, shall I Ooh, wax I think, you, I think you need to tell us that I'm one. So those, those of us that have been playing fun games in the simulator, like, um, or the, the, what is it, the, the colonising Mars ones, the surviving Mars, those kind of games, um, when, you, when you build your colony on Mars, you, you build a moxie by the side of your dome, which hmm. generates all of your oxygen and water. Oh, yes, they've taken a toaster-sized moxie with them, hmm. and they've actually generated breathable oxygen, on Mars, mm. out of the raw materials available, so that the rocks and the CO2 in the atmosphere, mm. and they've actually generated breathable oxygen, uh, enough for 10 minutes. So the test they did made enough oxygen for 10 minutes. Mm. But for something about, the size of a toaster, that's yeah. incredible. And um, so they've now proven that we can we can manufacture breathable oxygen, which is also, of course, used in the you know propulsion side of things mm. to get off there, the creation of water and all sorts. So they've managed and to manufacture oxygen. brown bread, presumably. Well, I was going oh, to yeah. ask, is it a two or a four-slice toaster? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm. it, 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 looks, it looks more like <laughs> one of those four-slice four slice sort of mm. squarish ones as opposed one. to the oh, two-slice yeah. skinny oh, ones. Oh, yeah. like ours, yeah. So you don't have to do breakfast in shifts. Mm. So they took their own moxie with them. Excellent. Mm. Um, and... The, That's the really, really, did. really exciting. Oh, yeah. He was a character really in Alfida's own pet, wasn't he? He was, yeah. I was thinking <laughs> yes. that. That's yeah. a spotty guy. He was a scouser, truck, wasn't so. he? Moxie. Moxie, Moxie. Moxie was Christopher yeah. Fairbank. Fairbank. Yeah, that's it. Um, well, the thing about the ingenuity as well is this is testing out a, it's like in a proof of concept kind of thing for sending a flying helicopter to Titan. Mm. So that's one of the things they're going to be doing because they want to fly around Titan, um, which is a much thicker atmosphere. It's and it's one of the better candidates for discovering life. Yeah, well, they've well. got lakes and things like that, although they think it's methane lakes Liquid and stuff. Methane, and, yeah, mmm. Yeah, <laughs> um, Cecil will be to, straight there with a mug. Yeah. <laughs> and they want, so what they want to do is fly around this planet because it looked quite dull and quite boring for the outside because of the clouds and things. Oh, you can see it was this kind of bland, kind of yellowy coloured thing. Hmm. And then they did say the probe before that they dropped through the atmosphere on Huygens. a parachute. Huygens. And when it got down to the surface and as it came through the cloud bank, they could see all this landscape and things mm -hmm. with the... 
the methane lakes and all this kind of stuff, mm. and they went, ooh, Black we, should, methane lakes. we mm. should look at this again, you know? Mm. If oh, you yeah. go to I the mean, Science so- Museum, there's a, there's a full-size model mock-up of the of the Huygen space probe. Oh. Just don't wave your hands because you'll set off the alarms like like what I did. Um, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Oops. Why would you wave it to it? <laughs> the lasers go off and there are I holes in things. pointing at and, it. You know. Oh, shit, what was that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you yeah. should... Yeah, but no, it's. I mean, it's all incredibly exciting stuff for, mm. for space exploration. I mean, the first flight and the first generation of the breathable oxygen. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's uh, the acceleration in the the amount we're doing uh, over over on Mars and in space at the moment is is really really exciting stuff. Mm. Oh, um, and they've got a bit of the Wright Brothers flyer on it mm. as well. Yes. Just a tiny bit. It's like a bit of the the kind of linen-y, was the, linen-y the canvas was it? wings. Yeah, they've canvas, got a tiny wax bit. canvas, yeah. wasn't it? So they get a bit of that attached to it as well. You know, just as a spectacular kind of... achievement. You see all the rubbish that goes on, on planet Earth, and then you see that, and you think there is occasionally just a glimmer of hope for us <laughs> as a human race that we're capable yeah. of good things as well as rubbish. It's like, awesome. Like... But that moxie thing, I didn't know about. That's fantastic news. Yeah, yeah, it is, it is. Right, we've all got a bit serious here. We need to get back to uh, <laughs> silliness. Well, before I move Speaking on, then, is it? Has, has anybody has anybody got anything else before we we move on to the next exciting bit of Hutton Orbit Live? No, no, no. no. Okay, we'll talked out. Well, I just it, I just just thinking oh, if, if this was last week or the week before, we would just a bit be about wrapping up the show at this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've missed talking to you all. That's what it is. Yeah, I've got an Uber yeah. organised for five minutes' time. <laughs> Where are you going? <laughs> I'm going home. <laughs> yes, it's a big beluga, baby beluga in the big blue, big blue sky is taking taking him home again. Apex tax, baby beluga, boot to do to do to do. Sorry, no, that's the wrong song. Oh. <laughs> right lyrics, wrong song. Oh, Copyright for that. Beluga. Right. Not the way I sang it. <laughs> yeah, no, clearly not. Sing the wrong word. As that um, that that other chap sings with his ukulele, I've got no more. No, I'm not going to sing that one. Yes. Um, I've got no more windows to wash. Is that the one? Yes. When I'm cleaning. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it is time for this week's Galnet News Digest from Commanders Beetlejude and Wotherspoon. I wonder what new insights into Galactics Galactics Galactic goings on they will have digested this week. News Digest, 22nd of April 3307. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, we recap the story so far of Marlinism. Neo-Marlinism, a recap. Following the recent agreement over the Neo-Marlinist refugees from the Madrid conflict, let's look at the recent history of Neo-Marlinism. Is the story coming to an end, or will more atrocities be perpetrated by these so-called Imperial Republicans? Marlinism has been around for more than 1,000 years. What is now the Empire was created as a republic by Marlin de Waal, a distant ancestor of the present Emperor. The Republic lasted only a few years, but the cause of Marlinism, the desire to re-establish a Republic of Achenar, has lingered on especially in the outer fringes of Imperial space. 
Marlinists still want to have senators, but they want the senators to be elected and to represent the people. For more than 1,000 years, Marlinism has been pretty much ignored, but on the 10th of September 3306, a fringe group of Marlinists, calling itself the Neo-Marlinist Liberation Army, bombed four Imperial starports, including Mackenzie Relay, in Princess Ashling's home system Semius, using Thargoid caustic enzyme bombs. These extremists have a pathological hatred of the Imperial family and believe that political change can only be brought about by violent means. Four days later, they assassinated Princess Ashling's father, Prince Harold, as part of a campaign of targeted killings. The Empire, in the form of Senator Denton Petraeus, struck back, attacking not only supposed neo-Marlinist strongholds, but also engineer Liz Ryder, who was implicated in the development of the caustic enzyme bombs used. Systems believed to be sympathetic to the Marlinists were placed under martial law, and a war of attrition was fought not against the NMLA, but against the Marlinist population more generally. The Marlinists perhaps wisely chose to flee, chartering a number of megaships and arriving en masse in Federal and Alliance border systems, where they claimed asylum. By the middle of October, barely a month after the NMLA bombings, Marlinism and the Marlinists had left Imperial space, possibly forever. Meanwhile, the Empire continued its search for the NMLA bomb-making facilities. Liz Ryder was excused her involvement after it was revealed that she had been duped by NMLA operatives posing as members of her local faction. The Empire next turned its gaze upon LTT 1935, which is, unfortunately for the Empire, a federal-controlled system. Rather than attempt diplomacy, Imperial hit squads entered the system, trying to track down and destroy a facility that even now has not been identified. Federal forces responded decisively, driving the Imperial forces back behind the border. Shadow President Felicia Winters was instrumental in granting the Marlinist refugees temporary asylum in the Federation. President Hudson would have turned them around and sent them back to whatever fate awaited them at the hands of Senator Petraeus and the Imperial Internal Security Service. But with the acceptance of Marlinist refugees came the problem of what to do with the terrorist suspects found among the refugees. The Federal Intelligence Agency identified nine likely suspects and moved them to Kepler Orbital in a tropos for interrogation prior to being sent back to the Empire. And it was to prevent these captured terrorists being extradited to the Empire, and to prevent them being interrogated, that the NMLA committed its first atrocity outside Imperial space, bombing Kepler Orbital on the 19th of November and killing what it began describing as its nine martyrs. The Marlinist refugees were eventually resettled in eight systems, thanks to a humanitarian initiative led by Sirius Corporation CEO Lee Yong-Ri. As the year 3306 drew to a close, there seemed at least the possibility that the atrocities had come to an end, and in February 3307, the galactic community began to see why the bombings might have stopped. A secret Imperial detention facility was discovered, with signs that top NMLA terrorists, known as the Theta Group, had been held there and interrogated. Unfortunately for the Empire, the NMLA terrorists had recently escaped, apparently with the assistance of someone senior 
within the empire. It wasn't until the 11th of March this year that the NMLA struck again, attacking three imperial starports, three federal starports, two alliance starports, and the independent Lave station, which still has strong alliance connections. This Nine Martyrs bombing was a supposed retaliation for the NMLA's murder of its own members in Kepler orbital, and was intended as a rallying call to encourage a popular revolution within each of the superpowers. It's hard to think of anything that could have brought the squabbling superpowers together more effectively. Within days, a joint task force known as ACT had been set up to track down and eliminate the NMLA threat. Imperial Internal Security Service agent Neve Sutonia managed to track down the terrorists to the Madrid system, but lost her life attempting to pursue the so-called Theta group of terrorists. The recent war between the Neo-Marlinist Order of Madrid and Imperial forces was intended to destroy the NMLA terrorist threat once and for all. The NMLA faction was resoundingly defeated, and after fleeing to the Marlinist colony in the Hyades Sector RO-PB6-2 system, an agreement has been reached to vet the NMLA faction megaship, the Steel Majesty, for potential terrorists, and to grant asylum to everyone else on the ship. The leader of the Neo-Marlinist Order of Madrid, Landgrave Delacroix, says he will cooperate with ACT to help identify the NMLA leadership, for which cooperation he will not face the death penalty. Have we reached the end of this sorry tale? Some of the Marlinist colonists have expressed an interest in one day returning to the Empire, and perhaps that will eventually be possible. More importantly though, the Theta group of terrorists is believed still to be at large, and their bomb-making factory, whether it be in LTT-1935 or elsewhere, has still not been found. We can hope that there will be no further bombings, but we should expect the worst. And that was this week's Marlinist News. Galnet News. We read the history books, so you don't have to. Well, that, thank you, Commanders Beetlejuice and Wotherspoon. It's that time of year, isn't it? It's all repeats. Something that can't be accused of being a repeat is Chicks' Guide to the A to Z of Hutton Space. Uh, and this week he's, and uh, yes, I'm going to say it, he's plunging into Hag Hole. <laughs> In this episode of the A to Z of Hutton Space, our attention falls on the oddly named Haghole system. History remains silent on how Haghole acquired its odd name, but as strange as it sounds, it has a much more alliterative ring to it than the antiseptic but official designation GJ1224. Haghole lies about 25 light years from Sol in the large constellation Serpents, remarkable only in that is the only one of the 88 modern constellations that is split into two parts. More accurately, it sits on the edge of Serpent's Corder, or the Serpent's Tail, close to M16 the Eagle Nebula and M17 the Omega Nebula. 
The GJ in GJ1224 identifies that the star was added to the Gleesey catalogue by Sir Richard van der Wright Woolley. He added it only in 1970, updating Wilhelm Gleesey's 1957 original. Had Gleesey added and discovered it, it would of course been designated GL1224. Haghold, as we shall now refer to it, is a dim M-type main sequence red dwarf and is about one-fifth of the mass of Sol. Haghold will be amongst the longest lived of all stars and already nearly 13 billion years old, this star will witness virtually the entire history of the age of stars. Haghold is orbited by seven icy worlds, the innermost four having thick methane or ammonia atmospheres, resulting in crushing atmospheric surface pressures. The fifth planet orbits 3,000 clicks out and has a thin helium atmosphere, indicating just how cold the system really is. The fifth planet is orbited by a single landable canyon-scarred satellite on which the only four surface bases in the system are situated. Each are located in the same hemisphere, seemingly huddled together at only 21 degrees above absolute zero. However, despite the cold, this satellite is the only accessible source of materials in the system and as such, it is the heart of the system economy. Remote from the inner cold rocky worlds, orbiting 12,000 light seconds out from the jump point, lies a single class 2 gas giant. The modest population of 4.2 million supports a mixed economy based upon refining and primary manufacturing, and only two commodities markets exist in the system. The first, Messerschmitt City, a Coriolis station, is the only orbiting station and hangs above the gas giant. Named after the German astronaut and physicist Ernst, not to be confused with the aircraft and motor car designer Willy, the second market is a block base controlled by the Green Party of Britsomeno and is located on the surface of Planet 5A. Block base is notionally a military market, but oddly from which all weapons are prohibited. It seems that their skimmers are pretty laid back too, as they don't appear to be unduly bothered by nosy commanders mooching around. Given its odd name, Haghold marked itself out as a target for the Hutton truckers, and on the last day of April 3305, the truckers expanded into it. The expansion was preceded by much debate as the system lay on the extreme limit of expansion from the Leuton 145-141 system. It offered limited resources from an inconveniently remote station, but hey, it had a funny name, so Alvin liked it, and that was enough. Now that's what I call quality entertainment, but then again, I've always had problems with nouns and adjectives. Let's hope I've picked the right word here as I introduce the doyen of disclosure, it's Flossie with the CG News. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. It's Flossie. And the community goes. Hello. 
Crosser here with this week's Community Goals News. Last week's CGs, Arkham Delaney's campaign to build new starports. The trade CG finished extremely quickly, shortly after 1900 UTC on Saturday the 17th of April, with over 15 million tonnes kitted. This means all five systems will have shiny new orbit stations installed by the 29th of April. In Pegasus Sector, PN-T, C3-13, near the Harmer System. HIP-18390, near the California Nebula. HIP-10792, near the Sothis System. HIP-62154, in the Corsac Nebula. And ELPRU PC-K C9-91 in the Colonia region. The bounty hunting CG ended up between tiers 5 and 6 at 6 o'clock UTC this morning with over 224 billion credits earned. Aegis appeal for Guardian artifacts this week's CGs. Ancient objects left behind by the Guardians have been requested by Aegis for a new anti-Xeno research programme. The Guardians were an intelligent humanoid species whose civilization collapsed over a million years ago and who were engaged in hostilities with the Thargoid race. Professor Albert Terrasu, head of Aegis Research, gave this statement. At the Galactic Summit, Aegis agreed to undertake a fresh analysis of Guardian technology. The hope is that this will lead to the development of more effective defences against the Thargoids. We therefore require new samples to compare with Ravatar's groundbreaking work on this mysterious species. Guardian artefacts, including those previously identified as caskets, orbs, relics, tablets, totems and urns, are needed. These can be unearthed from the ancient ruins scattered across dozens of worlds. Pilots are asked to deliver their shipments to Aegis Research at the Alexandria Megaship in the Delphi system. If Tier 1 is reached, the top 75% of contributors will have Guardian Ghost Cannons unlocked and a fixed Class 2 Rating B Guardian Ghost Cannon placed into storage at the Alexandria Megaship in the Delphi system by the 30th of April. For the duration of this initiative, Aegis have organised for a Guardian Technology Broker to be present in the, on the Alexandria. For each tier above Tier 2 that is reached, the technology broker will remain present on the Alexandria for one additional week. The initiative begins today, the 22nd of April, and will run for one week. If the final target is met earlier than planned, the campaign will end immediately. To earn rewards, you must sign up as an active participant before delivering guardian caskets, orbs, relics, tablets, totems and urns to the Alexandria Megaship in the Delphi system. And that's it for this week's CG News. Flossie told you what to do. Thank you very much, Commander Flossie. Uh, are you taking part in the CG? Yes, I am. Yes. Ah, so what would you do with the Gauss cannon apart from fire your Gausses or are they geese? Um, 
Leave it with the other junk I've been getting from, from CG's recently. Oh, your, your storage type 10 that you've got everything stashed on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well... Yeah, well, whatever, whatever you do, you know, don't don't go and do it this evening. And then leave yourself in the ship you're doing that with. And oh, anyway, well, you want to well, be the I am, ship. I am actually. I'm in. I'm in my crate Phantom, which um, I love yeah. the engines. Yeah, I think that'll be okay for. Yeah. Anyway, I'd better hand over to the apology officer for the sports results before your pan wielding arm gets going again. <laughs> Welcome to the Hutton Sports Report. The Hutton Sports Report is sponsored by the Hutton Helper, the only third-party resource to come with a free Hutton Radio Team Calendar 3307 edition that was left over from January and wouldn't even sell on the one credit we just spent. But anyway, uh, this week we have the following events. The Missed Earth Like but tuned into Radio 4 FFS Scanner Big League. The Widget In with a Tactically Placed Shoehorn Jamboree. The Hold Full of Stuff and Data Route Planner. The Hold Full of Stuff and Data Route Planner. Presented by a dog tournament. The Stay on Target, Stay on Target Challenge. The Great Kid, Don't Get Cocky, Tournament of Champions. And the Tetris, Only with People, Tournament of Tournaments Tournament. So, save before you exit. If you go off the right-hand side of the screen, you'll appear on the left-hand side and make sure you have plenty of golden coins before you proceed to the next level. The classified results are... A Salty Bastard, 90. Mark Santius, 53. Montgomery Python, 88. Light, 027, 82. Happy Moon Monkey, 218. Alvin Cyborg, 202. Alex Zuno, retired, 1,332. Argon Tineas, 531. Shatter Mage, 1,056. Iron Beagle, 192. Selmac III, 865. Montgomery Python, 642. Inverness Citadel 2, Moss End Swifts 3, Bridgeton Waverley 1, Port Gordon Victoria 3, George Pantazis Rovers 2, Leave Brandywines 2, BMS Athletic 1, Rapido Tau Seti 2, And decals this week for Happy Moon Monkey and Sir Mike the Third. Please email i2parts at huttonorbital.com and arrange to collect your Hutton decal kit, which this week consists of a tiny remote controlled helicopter with a can of spray paint attached. Only two Hutton runs this week, one by Orange Sidewinder at 1 hour, 23 minutes, and 22 seconds, putting them in 27th place overall. The other was by me. And I think there was some kind of mistake. Um, officer, I seem to have been given a time of 19 hours, 32 minutes and 21 seconds, which puts me in 576th place overall and just one second, 10 minutes and um, 18 hours short of the record. So, you know, 
I'm, I'm, I'm working on that. Anyway, are you tired, angry, and full of regret? Do you have RSI from trying to use a Dyson scanner? Do space cucumbers attack you in every dream? Why do you go into a diabetic coma if you need another donut from the donut tree? How about Alex Zuno then? Taking some time off to let his heat sinks catch up and bring the ship down to below 1000% heat. This is your special moment. This is your time to shine. I said shine. Time for a change of pace then. Why don't you go out into the real fake space simulation and do some good for Hutton? How, you ask? Well, here's how. Just go to hot.forthemug.com and download or sign up for the Hutton Helper before basking in the light of a procedurally generated real sun. Let's face it, anything has to be better than farming space sponges all day just so people can wash their naughty bits with them. Well, that's it for me this week. Back to Studio 5. Thank you, Mia. That's a very humanitarian gesture by Commander Zuno. And I want to see everyone who's not called Flossie get out there doing shooty-shooty. Time now to hand over to Amelia Hawke with the Gownet Rares Digest and a strangely rather wide grin on her face. Good evening. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest. We try all the galaxy's rarest and most dangerous commodities. So you don't have to. Sometimes, head office send me to try something out that appears to be not just safe, but pleasurable as well. This week is one of those weeks. Nothing has tried to eat me or cut me to ribbons. I've not been at risk from exsanguination or being poisoned. Nothing is trying to grow in me or on me. I haven't developed a nasty rash anywhere and I'm not going to get a hangover from sampling whatever rare booze they've put me in front of. Instead, I've been sent out over 500,000 light seconds into a system to try something out that is designed to provide nothing but pleasure. Jarad Hare puzzle boxes were invented by the very bored and lonely scientists at a remote industrial refinery out in the depths of the Jarad Hare system. It's an uninteresting system, just a collection of high metal content worlds, a refinery, and a lot of time to do very little indeed. Unlike Hutton Orbital, where they decided the best thing they could do was distill some gin, get rampaging drunk, and then invent, um, well, a mug. Jared Hare scientists turned their eyes towards technology and the use of it during your free time. The system is blessed with some very rare but naturally occurring materials that every few minutes give off an electromagnetic flare that, whilst harmless to humans, if you stand between the source and the scanner, can provide absolutely perfect 3D images of the brain. Every neuron, every synaptic link, every signal captured in an instant. These radioactive materials were perfect when paired with headsets at reading your exact mood, thoughts and desires. Whilst it was a snapshot and not a moving image, it could provide for a fraction of a second the deepest desires hiding in your neocortex and thalamus. 
Whilst the more traditional technology was able to provide detailed medical brain scans, the small size of the radioactive materials has meant that they've been able to package this technology into a very special set of gaming equipment. The Puzzle Box. Named after the exquisite packaging it is delivered in, consists of a virtual reality headset, haptic feedback suit and frictionless suspension pod. A little twist here, a shove there, and just the right amount of pressure and the box opens. Ready for you to lie down, don the equipment and experience something that you've never seen before. In the Jarad Hari puzzle box, and with the visor on, you're presented with a loading screen. There's an almost undetectable flash after a minute or so, and then you're dropped into a virtual reality world of your dreams. Quite literally. Everything you've wished for from a game, from the tiniest detail down to the conversations you can have with the characters in it, Every little thing is tailored to your deepest desires. The foods, the people, the adventures, from hollow romances, if that's your thing, to hollow horror experiences that get your adrenaline pumping. If you desire it, the puzzle box delivers. Once keyed to your identity, the puzzle box learns your desires and delivers you exactly what you wish for from a game. Not only that, it adjusts on the fly to your changing whims, seamlessly switching from your favourite childhood platform game through to that adventure you always wished existed, the remake of an old favourite, but with better graphics, or maybe just the one you play every day, just better. This instant satisfaction of your leisure dreams causes your brain to start pumping out signals that give intense pleasure, the endorphins and serotonin associated with joy. The rarity of these giant toys lies in their complexity and the rarity of the radioactive pulsing materials used to snapshot your brain. Which justifies the cost of over 16,000 credits a unit. Supplies are limited, though there are some practical reasons why that aren't linked to the manufacturing process. If you're not familiar with the Odyssey, the long journey home for Odysseus and his crew, then there's a cautionary tale about the island of the Lotus Eaters, a local population who eat the fruit of the local lotus tree and who, as a result, have absolutely no desire to do anything but chillax, eat more of them, and achieve absolutely nothing with their lives. This is the same with the puzzle boxes. They're fitted with time limiters, as early users discovered that having a virtual world where everything was as you wanted it was far more tempting than real life. Spending more and more time inside their boxes and slowly, inevitably, wasting away. Of course, if you don't game-gasm yourself into a serotonin fueled heart attack after the first hour. Oh, and then there's the sterility. Make sure, if you're planning on being a parent, that you've got some of the necessaries on cold storage somewhere, as regular use of these things will definitely damage your chances of passing on your genome. 
I've been delivered one of these puzzle boxes, and aesthetically, it's beautifully made. Brushed metal exterior carved into intricate patterns. Having dressed in the haptic suit and lowered myself into the box, I'm suspended perfectly and can't feel a thing. Putting on the visor and mask, I find myself in a virtual world almost indistinguishable from the real thing. Let's see how good this thing is. It appears to be an Odyssey simulator, which is apt. Not the journey, but the same one used in test suites throughout the galaxy at the moment. I can see stars and ships and nebula, and of course, the sun rises over new planets. It's stunning. As I fly through this simulator, everything is perfect. The annoying messages from passing wedding barges just aren't there. The rocks all contain valuable materials when I mine them, and somehow all the engineer materials I need just seem to pop up when I want them. Oh, this is good. Really good. I think I'll try walking on foot. I'm in my fleet carrier. It's enormous, and I can actually see the inside. Oh, this is giving me shivers as I walk down to the docking bay. Yes, oh yes, I'm boarding my ship. Oh my god, this is so good. I'm walking around the cockpit. I'm seeing stars. I want to land. Oh yes, like that. Yes, oh the army, baby, yes. It's a planet, such a big planet, and it takes my breath away. I'm I'm walking towards a space crumpet. This handheld tool is... Oh my, it's opening a screen. I'm decoding a genome. Yes, yes, yes! <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry, listener. I um, came over all uh, unnecessary there. This is Amelia Hawke reporting for the Galnet Rares Digest and uh, I seem to have experienced a, a bit of a hot flush. have some of what she's having <laughs> oh crikey well thanks very much to me is, um, is it me of course, <laughs> somebody yeah. open a window <coughs> yes no don't it's a vacuum i've I've gone all pink now. Um, yeah, well, thank you very much to Amelia for that. Um, yes, yes. Um, it's a vacuum. Demo. Don't open the window. You'll be sucked. No, that's not good. <laughs> oh, no. Stop no. it. Stop it. Stop. No, sorry. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> probably a good thing that Amelia's gone for yeah an evening out somewhere in the fresh air and maybe a bit of a quiet lie down before uh, she embarrasses uh, well herself or the rest of us uh, any further. <laughs> I mean, they sound fascinating. These these simulators. I mean, you can pretend to be in a spaceship. In an imaginary galaxy, flying down to imaginary planets, mm. and all those engineer materials you've always wanted are on hand. Space legs in your cockpit. Oh, it mm. just sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Oh yeah, yeah. I bet it's got ship interiors and it's oh, a variants. It, it's like the real universe, just better. 
And there's yeah, definitely it's no like salting. Elite dangerous. It's like Elite Dangerous, but I need both hands to fly. <laughs> yes, well, yeah. But uh, they sound <laughs> fascinating. But yes, at 500,000 light seconds from the jump-in point, you too can experience what a, a Jedha um, puzzle box looks like and feels like. But um, judging by <coughs> Amelia's response there, um, yeah, I, I'm not sure my old Dickie Tick is up to it, to be fair. I know, wait, you find out. Your Tickie what? Uh, not- my my Tickie Ticker. Your Tickie Dicker. Oh, oh. 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 the inside one that says, no wonder she needed a night off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, getting that excited over, over the loading screen. Oh, anyway. Um, well, uh, Amelia will be back uh, next week with another one of the galaxy's rare commodities. We don't know what it'll be. We we do maybe have a bit of a hint that you know she, she has an affinity towards leather goods as well. But that, that's a different story for another day. Um, as our as our resident uh, leather worker as well, um, I, I think Amelia is looking forward to that that particular episode. Though I, I'm not sure the, the the chat channel over in Twitch could really really um, survive that one if we did publish it. We'll have to I, 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 retired Navy IT one is making some strange noises at the moment. <laughs> so somebody sedate the retired Navy IT one quick. Anyway, well that's it for this week's show. Um well, thank you very much to everybody for being in the studio yet again, for writing your bits and performing your thing and doing your stuff. Excellent. Thank you for Yeah, much. sorry about that. Yeah. 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 Just, we'll make just get the floor mopping guy. Try not to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we say that every week, and yet somehow we're back every single week doing the because same thing again. Because they don't stop us. <laughs> Nobody can stop us. Yeah. Well, Nobody. The, the special docking base is no entry on it. So next week is a green room week, and that means Yay. all you people over there in watching on the Twitch land can actually pop in and say hi to us at the end of the show if you want to. So, uh, Commander Flossie, if yes. somebody wants to come and join in green room week next week, what do they have to do? Uh, they have to go to their TeamSpeak at tsfothermug.com. Which is not a website, is it? It's not a website, no. It's a, it's a, a TeamSpeak server. Yep. So you, you put that in, you connect and put that in, and you'll yep. see a room marked... Green Room. Yeah, live broadcast, chat-enabled green room, or radio or green room, silent. One of them silent. you can chat to other people in, the other one is silent. Yeah. Yep. Where you can just listen, or you can listen to the show and then jump in when it's time for the green room. Yeah. Then, Which is nice because that confuses us. We think there are only three people in the green room, and then thirty people turn up at the last minute, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or even halfway through you the green room and throw the complete person, yeah. thing into chaos because yes. we forget somebody. Um, so yeah, if you do want to pop in and say hi and then sort of talk about your experience of this this alpha and what you're looking forward to and what you've been up to or you're just feeling locked down lonely and want to chat with a few fellow commanders then next week's your week so pop in say hi to us say your bit um, the standard rules commander chicks if you've got something to say then say it but if you've got nothing to say what do you have to say for the mug and we'll move on to the next person if anybody hears me say the immortal words is it my turn yet the answer is always yes 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 <laughs> and i'm guaranteed this is assuming you don't have your legs chopped out from under you if you'll pardon the expression at the last minute given that it's the day after part <clears throat> <clears throat> phase four being dropped well oh, yeah I, yes. I i might be knee deep in programming and i have to maybe yes. i'll just pop in for the green room myself just to say hi you never know oh yeah 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 <laughs> Otherwise, otherwise, um, I don't. I'll do it. That's that's fine. But um, it is your turn. 
yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm going to see what I can do, and, and no promises. That's all I can what say. What Sean's I mean, saying yeah. is, if you're not around, he'll do it, but he will cast it up a lot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will so carry the blame. For that, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, you have prepared. no idea how the, the, the favour scales have tipped over the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, absolutely. It's a good thing we, we're not allowed to go visit each other yet. As If I went to visit yes. you, I'd have to bring like a whole carload of goodies, you know, presents. Yeah, but, yeah and then take away a whole load of I was going to say, you're very likely yeah. go home with a whole lot of goodies as well. <laughs> So anyway, um, thank you very much, everybody, for uh, for tuning in. Um, this is going to be uploaded to our YouTube channel. If you missed it, if you missed the start of the show, and I noticed a few of you did miss the start of the show, um, it is you. also going to be edited and put up on our um, podcast media site, which um, Commander Palantir is media.forthemug.com, where you can download the, it and take so it with you. I'm seeing a pattern forming here. Yes, and, but the, not only mm. can you get this week's one, but all of the old ones and sketches <clears throat> and songs and a whole load of other nonsense as well. Yes. In fact, if you wanted to spend the entire of the next year listening to Hutton Orbital solidly, we reckon you might have a fair chance of it if you start now. If your <clears throat> psychiatrist will let you. <laughs> yes. Um, other than that... Um, well, normally, you see, I hand over to Amelia at this point and say, Amelia, have you got one final thing to say, but I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to pick on somebody else. Apology officer. Yes. There's one more thing to say. Yes, there is. Mm-hmm. Shall I say it now? Go on then. For the mug! For the mug! For the mug! mug. mug. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the mug. show. Everybody's mug. buggered off now, so why don't you bugger off Never really mattered at all We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today Super cruising all across the Milky Way We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere Loading up the teenagers to the brim with To the sun, swivel like the pilot on the Xbox One. Alvin at the front, you know he leads as well. Trucking across the galaxy, now everybody else. Father Mark, Father Mark, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mark, Father Mark, now everybody sing the Hutton Trucker song. Father Mark, Father Mark, yeah, you know just where we're coming from. Father Mark. Sing the hood and drop the song
margins never really mattered at all. We're gonna take the cargo where it's needed today. Super cruising all across the Milky Way. We'll take anything, anytime, anywhere. So shout it out loud like you don't even care. Father Buck, Father Buck. Yeah, you know just where I'm coming from. Father Buck, Father Buck. Now everybody sing the hot trucker song. Father Buck. Eddie Lee Wise here. Our family-run business looks after all your sartorial needs. Whether you need something to turn your pink python purple, or you want to wrap your buns up in a nice tight flight suit, Millsburn Ken can sort you right out. He's an expert at inside leg, and my wife Barb's is a whiz with a sewing machine. Bespoke tarting for you and your ship. Visit Eddie and Sons. Plus me daughters at Lave Station. Right, sir. Cough, please. <coughs> we are very, very sorry for all of the mishaps, all of the misbroadcasts, all of the non-broadcasts, and all of the nonsense which has happened this evening's hot news. I'm Mr. Dusty. Well, thank you very much. That was excellent. Give me your trash. Night, all.